On this episode of The Audible, following a knockout debate performance in Houston, Marco keeps on unmasking Donald Trump for the con artist he is. He scores a victory on Super Tuesday, and we take you behind the scenes at a Marco rally. All of that and more on this episode of The Audible, the official podcast of Marco Rubio for President. On Friday, Marco was fresh off a debate win that sent shockwaves through the media. He hit all the network morning shows, including the Today Show, where he continued to expose Donald Trump. I'm reading a lot of the reviews this morning. A lot of people think you had a very strong performance last night. You hit Donald Trump on a string of substantive issues, things like Obamacare, his hiring practices, Planned Parenthood, the vacancy at the Supreme Court. Was this the plan all along to string together this kind of substantive attack on the 11th hour or at the 11th hour to leave this fresh in the minds of voters on Super Tuesday? Well, look, the, the thing here is I'd prefer not to have a fight and an argument with other Republicans, but Donald, as he reminds everyone, has done very well in the early states. And we're on the verge of having someone take over the conservative movement and the Republican Party who's a con artist. He's out there telling people that he's fighting. He's going to, you know, his target audience is working Americans who are really struggling over the last few years in this economy. But he has spent a career sticking it to working Americans. And I understand. And I'm just asking more specifically. Night. You've said you don't want to criticize other Republicans. You said that over and over again. But was it the strategy to wait to the last minute so that it's fresh in the minds of voters on Tuesday? No, it was our, that was when the, the debate is. And number two, as he reminds everybody over and over, he's doing well in the polls. So I admit I'm an underdog. I ask people to join my effort at MarcoRubio.com so we can put a stop to this lunacy. We are not going to turn over the conservative movement to a con artist who is telling people one thing but has spent 40 years sticking it to working Americans and now claims to be their champion. Then he was off to a rally in Dallas where thousands of Texans showed up to see Marco. Man, this is an important election. I'm so glad to be here in Big D. Everything's bigger in Texas. It's the only place that makes Florida seem small. Such a big place. So thank you for coming. This is a huge election. All right? It's a big, as big as this crowd. This is how big and important this election is. That's why we're getting closer now. These votes are starting to count. What you're going to do on Tuesday is not a poll. It is a vote. It counts. And what we are being asked to choose is not just the future of our country. That is ultimately what this election is about. But also the future of the conservative movement. Of what it means to be a conservative in the 21st century. For 36 years, okay, for 36 years, the conservative movement after the Reagan revolution has been about limited government and about free enterprise and about a strong national defense. That was the Reagan revolution. It changed the country in a way that re-embraced all of the principles that made us the greatest country in the world. But now, we are being asked to choose once again what will it mean in the 21st century. So if the polls are to be believed and the election results from some of these states continue to go, then we have to view what will the conservative movement be like if the front runner in this race right now, Donald Trump, is put in charge of the conservative movement. So last night we had a chance to talk about that. It's time to pull his mask off so that people can see what we are dealing with here. What we are dealing with here, my friends, is a con artist. He is a con artist. 
First of all, he runs on this idea that he is fighting for the little guy. But he has spent his entire career sticking it to the little guy. His entire career. All right, every business that he's ever run that's gone bankrupt. I mean, this guy bankrupted a casino. How do you bankrupt a casino? How do you bankrupt a casino? All right, but when all of these other projects went bankrupt, you know the first people that didn't get paid? The electricians and the plumbers and the subcontractors. Some of them went out of business because he didn't pay them. He says he's fighting for the little guy. What about the students that signed up for Trump University? A fake school. A fake school. Some of them took out loans. They told them, go max your credit cards. $36,000. And at the end of the course, the only thing you got was a paper certificate and a picture with a, cutboard, cut, a cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. He says he's fighting for the little guy, but in Florida, my home state, right now, he is hiring workers from other countries because he claims no Americans will do those jobs. This is the guy that says he's fighting to protect the American worker in Florida. There are 300 people that said, we'll take those jobs, Americans. He doesn't hire them. Instead, he brings in workers from abroad to do those jobs, and he goes on television saying, oh, we can't find qualified people to do that work. And there are qualified people raising their hands saying, we'll do that work. We have a guy that last night spent literally 30 seconds defending Planned Parenthood. He did it better than Harry Reid does it. This is what's trying to take over the conservative movement. It is time to open our eyes and see what's happening here. For the first time in 36 years, if Donald Trump is elected, the conservative movement will be, will be headed up by somebody who says that when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians, he's not taking sides. Well, I'm taking sides. I'm with Israel. We had a guy yesterday that was saying on the stage, oh, if you don't support government takeover of health care, then you're in favor of letting people die in the streets. Well, I've heard that before in the Democratic debate from Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. So it's time to charade is up. This is a con job where he's going to Americans that are struggling, Americans that are hurting, and he's implying, I'm fighting for you because I'm a tough guy. A tough guy? This guy inherited $200 million. He's never faced any struggle. He's never faced... The other day he told somebody, a protester, I'm going to punch in the face. Donald Trump has never punched anyone in the face. <laughs> Donald Trump was the first guy that begged for Secret Service protection. First guy. He's never punched anyone in the face. He inherited $200 million. I said it last night. If he had not inherited $200 million right now, he would be selling watches in Times Square or be doing one of those infomercials on Saturday morning where he promises to teach you how to flip properties, right? So we unmasked him last night. And let me tell you, it's time for you to unmask him as well. I bet you, you all know... You all have friends. You all have friends that are thinking about voting for Donald Trump. Friends, do not let friends vote for con artists. Then Marco was off to Oklahoma City where he kept the heat on Trump. I will never stop until we keep a con man from taking over the party of Reagan and the, and the conservative movement. He's a con man. He's a con man.
He's a con man. I'll tell you why. Number one, he's look, people are angry and frustrated and scared about the future. Okay? People are working harder than they've ever worked in their lives and they're running in place. And he swoops in and is taking advantage of that. He's taking advantage of that. He's telling people, I'm going to fight for the little guy. I'm fighting for the working class. Here's what he doesn't tell them. He has spent a career in business, 50 years, sticking it to the little guy. Sticking it to the little guy. When his companies went bankrupt, the first people that didn't get paid were the subcontractors. The plumbers and the pipe fitters and the, the people that laid bricks and all those people that worked for a living. They didn't get paid. He got his money. They didn't get theirs. And in the same speech, he had some fun reading some of Trump's tweets. Just listen to this. Lightweight Marco Rubio was working hard last night. This, the working hard part is true. The problem is, he's a choker, and once a choker, always a chocker. He misspelled it. Mr. Meltdown. Let me tell you about Mr. Meltdown. You want some behind-the-scenes stuff? We had two commercial breaks in the middle of all this combat, you know, on the stage. He goes, he looked like, he was up in panic mode in the back. First, he took out, like, this little makeup compact that caught him. He's like, right here. Because he had, like, a sweat mustache. And then... Then he asked for a full-length mirror. Why do you need a full-length mirror? The podium goes up to here. So I said earlier, well, maybe he was worried that his pants were wet or something. I don't know. So he wanted to see. Then I saw him in the corner huddled with somebody, and his arms were going up and down, and someone was like, calm down, calm down. I said, all right, not a good night. Not a good night for Donald Trump. He was melting down, all right? Then, all right, at 7.48 a.m., so, like, I guess he took a shower, whatever he did, and then he got, he went over, he said, wow. Every poll said that I won the debate last night. Great honer. I think he meant honor, but he spelled it honer. H-O-N-E-R. All right. Then at uh, 8.56 a.m., leet weight chalker. I think he meant to spell lightweight, but it says leet weight chalker. Marco Rubio looks like a little boy on stage, not presidential material. It's not that I'm a little boy. Because I wouldn't even be the youngest person ever president. He would be the oldest person ever president, which is a problem because you could serve like eight years. You know, so it gets, you know, you start to worry a little bit. All right. So I looked at these tweets. How can this guy get this so wrong? How, these misspells. I mean, either, you know, because some of these letters aren't even next to each other on the keyboard on your phone. And I concluded one of two things. Either that's how they spell choker at the Wharton School of Business. Or he must have hired foreign workers to hire his Twitter handle. So, so we are not going to lose. We are not going to lose the party of Reagan, and we are not going to lose the third movement, third movement to a con man. We are not going to let that happen. And the reason why is because this election is too important. Also on Friday, the campaign put out a new TV ad touting the endorsement of Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. It's time to unite behind the conservative who will win in November. That's why I'm endorsing Marco Rubio. This election isn't a show. The consequences are real. We need a leader who will keep America safe, grow our economy instead of government, and always be guided by a strong faith. I'm Asa Hutchinson. Marco Rubio is the conservative I trust. I'm voting for him. I hope you will too. Team Marco announced a growing team in Florida where he received the backing of dozens of current and former Florida lawmakers. Marco ended the day with an interview on Special Report with Brett Baer.
What's your thoughts? You probably heard about the endorsement of Governor Chris Christie of Donald Trump. Well, I respect Chris Christie. Uh, obviously, I respect the decision he made. We're not going to get every endorsement. He's a talented communicator. and I think they probably called him in to help Donald after a very rough evening last night and a rough day today on the trail as he's now being exposed as a con man. Um, you know, Donald Trump is a political con man. He's trying to convince people that he's something that he's not, and he's won the confidence of a lot of people, and he's trying to take over the party of Reagan and the conservative movement. We can't let that happen. Well, let me play for you what Donald Trump said about you after he heard that quote uh, about him. Let's talk about our lightweight senator from Florida who's losing big in the polls. He's a nervous basket case. Here's a guy. You had to see him, okay? You had to see him backstage. He was putting on makeup with a trowel. Like he was so scared, like a little frightened puppy. He's a choker. He choked with Chris. And I watched it both times. But the one time I'm right next to him, and I looked at the puddle on the ground, and I said, what is that? What is it? He's a nasty guy. And we don't need nasty. We don't need nasty. Zender. He's a clown. Look, I saw him backstage. He was nervous. He was waving his arms around. He was huddling with someone in the corner. He asked for a full-length mirror at one point. Um, I did, I think people watched the debate last night. They know for a fact. Not only was I not nervous, but I think it's time to take the mask off of this guy. I mean, he's a guy that portrays himself as a defender of the little guy in this country. He's been exploiting working Americans for 40 years. When his businesses went bankrupt, the first people that didn't get paid were those small contractors. He had people that put their confidence in him and signed up for Trump University, some of them paid $35,000, $36,000, and they got nothing for it because they trusted in his name and got stuck. He says he's a fighter against illegal immigration. He's hiring illegal immigrants to build Trump Towers. And even now in Florida, he hires foreign workers to do the job instead of Floridians, who Americans who are applying to do those jobs. So he's being unmasked, and obviously he doesn't like it, and no one's done that to him before, but we can't let this go on. He's a front runner now, and I think it is unacceptable that the front runner is, is a guy who's a con man, and he's trying to take over the party of Reagan. We're not going to let that happen. You've said that a few times in interviews today, Senator, and you were asked whether you would support him if he was the nominee, and you said he's not going to be the nominee, and that the Republican Party would, quote, be split apart if he is the nominee. So my question is, is that a prediction or that's a correct. threat? No, that's a prediction. That's what's going to happen if he's the nominee. The Republican Party will split apart because he's not a conservative. You had someone on the air last night basically arguing in favor of Planned Parenthood. I mean, if you see his position on Planned Parenthood, his statement that we're not going to take sides between Israel and the Palestinian Authority, his notion that unless you're in favor of government-sponsored health care, you're going to let people die in the streets. I mean, he was defending those positions better than Harry Reid does. He's a dream for the Democrats. If he's the nominee, they're going to take him apart. They're going to take all his business deals apart. And they're going to have a guy that's not going to be able to disagree with him on policy. How can someone who defends Planned Parenthood will not take sides with Israel supports government-sponsored health care takeover by government. How can someone like that be the head of the party of Reagan or ahead of the conservative movement? It cannot and will not happen. And to wrap up a great day, Team Marco put out a special web video that you won't want to miss. What is your plan? He just came out firing on all cylinders. You lied to the 30, students of Trump University. Ago. Finally, somebody landed a glove on this guy. If he builds the wall the way he built Trump Towers, he'll be using illegal immigrant labor to do it. We saw Rubio out there like a prize fighter, just jabbing and, you know, bouncing. You lied about the Polish workers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess there's a statute of limitation on lies.
Here's have the to guy that inherited two hundred million dollars. If he hadn't inherited two hundred million dollars, you know where Donald no, no, Trump no, would no, be no. right now, no, no, selling no. watches in Manhattan. And the electric moment here was when Rubio went after Trump on health care. What is your plan? What is your know. plan on health care? You the don't have a problem. Plan. You'll have so many different plans. But now he's I repeating think, himself. Mr. No, Trump. I'm not repeating. No, no, no. Let's I talk see about him repeating himself plan. every night. It says five things. Everyone's dumb. He's going to make America great Senator again. Rubio. We're going to win, win, win. Senator he's Rubio, winning in please. the polls. Please and the lines around the state. A lot of people looked at Marco Rubio tonight and said, that's the guy. That's the guy who can take on Donald Trump, and I can't wait to see him against Hillary Clinton. Okay. The Palestinians are not a real estate tougher. deal, Donald. Okay, no, no, no. Who won the debate? Rubio. On Saturday, Marco swung through Georgia, Alabama, and Arkansas. His first stop was in Kennesaw, Georgia, where a staggering 7,000-plus crowd assembled in a football field to see Marco. Thank you very much. You know, I played, I played football in a small little college in Missouri. There are more people here than at any of those games. So thank you all for being here. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you, Congressman. I want to thank all of you. Look, when we drove up, I saw people walking down the street. It took time to get here. You've been waiting for us for a few minutes. I am grateful that you came here today. And I am glad to be back with you. And I'm excited about Tuesday. And I want to thank you for your support because we are on our way to turning this country around in 2016. We need to offer this country a clear alternative to the last eight years, and we will when I am our nominee, thanks to your help. But first, we have to win this primary. And this primary has been an interesting ride, and we're going to talk about it a little bit here today. Yes. Now look, I want to be frank with you. You deserve the truth about what's happening. Here's what's happening. Our party today, after four states have voted, according to all the polls, is on the verge of being taken over. The party of Lincoln and Reagan is on the verge of being taken over by a con artist named Donald Trump. His next stop was in Huntsville, Alabama. If we ever become like one of those countries where your future depends on who your parents are, if we ever become one of those places where your tomorrow is determined by your yesterdays, then we stop being a special country. Because every country in the world has rich people. And we admire people that are successful in this country. We lift up financial success. We don't criticize it. We don't demonize it. But that's not what makes us special. Every country has rich people. What makes us truly special is that we have millions of people that are never going to be rich and quite frankly aren't trying to get rich. Because when you join the armed forces or go into the ministry, when you become a teacher or a nurse, a firefighter or a police officer, you know you're not going to become a billionaire doing that job. You do it because you love what you do and because you want to make enough money to own a home in a safe and stable neighborhood, to retire with dignity, and to give your kids the chance of a life better than your own. This is what we fight to preserve. For if the American dream slips away, we become just like any other country. Maybe a rich one, maybe a powerful one, but no longer a special one. And that is at the core of this election. Marco ended the day in Rogers, Arkansas, where thousands showed up at 9.30 at night. Thank you. I appreciate it. First of all, look at the scoreboard. 45, 45. That would be the number. I'd be the 45th president. That's why it's up there. That also happened to be my jersey number in both college and high school. 45, that's a good sign. 
And it says 2016. 20, that's good too. That's a good job, whoever set that up. And I am grateful you would come out tonight to hear me speak. I'm honored that you would be here tonight. I know how important this election is for you. It's important for me. And I want to thank the governor. I thank you so much for your support and for being here today. It means a lot. And, uh, and I hope and I know it will influence many of you who trust him and his wisdom and his judgment. He has the best interests of the state and the best interests of our country. He's proven that through his record of public service. And I am honored and grateful for his support and for his vote. Because if I win by one vote in Arkansas, I know who I owe it to. Now, a lot of people have been emailing me and calling me. I mean, I've been flooded with emails and phone calls since the debate on Thursday night, right? A lot of people saying, thank you for standing up, too, or thank you for standing up for yourself. And I want you to understand something. I'm not standing up for me. I'm standing up for you. I'm standing, I am standing up for the party of Lincoln and the party of Reagan. I am standing up for the conservative movement, which is the only hope America has to turn around and undo the damage that Barack Obama has done to this country for the last eight years. The Audible will be right back. This episode of The Audible is sponsored by the MarcoRubio.com store, your only source for official, made-in-the-USA Marco Rubio apparel, including bumper stickers, mugs, buttons, hats, and more. Visit store.marcorubio.com and enter promo code SUPER to get half off a bumper sticker for your car. Welcome back to The Audible. On Sunday, Marco started his day by going on some of the Sunday shows. On Face the Nation, he explained why he's turning the heat up on Donald Trump. Marco Rubio, who is at the airport in Arkansas, getting ready to head off to the next Super Tuesday campaign state. Senator, I'd like to ask you about a Washington Post headline this morning that says, quote, Rubio's strategy for Super Tuesday is survival. Do you agree with that characterization? No, I don't. I mean, obviously... We are not, we're not the front runner here. We're an underdog, and that's a role that I relish. I've been an underdog my whole life, both in life and in politics. Uh, we're going to do well. We're going to pick up a lot of delegates on Super Tuesday. As you know, they're awarded proportionally, and we're going to move on. Here's what's never going to happen in this race. There's never going to be a time where the Republican Party rallies around and says, you have to get out or anyone has to get out for purposes of rallying around Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not a Republican. Donald Trump's not a conservative. Donald Trump is trying to pull off the biggest scam in American political history basically a con job where he's trying to take over the Republican Party uh, by telling people he's someone who he's not. And so we're going to do whatever it takes. We will be in this race as long as it takes. We're going to be in as many states as it takes to ensure that I'm the nominee and that Donald Trump never gets to 1,236 delegates, which is what he needs to be the nominee. What we hear in that answer is that recently your campaign's gotten a lot scrappier about Donald Trump. The question from some, though, is, is it too little too late? I don't think so, uh, for a couple reasons. One, look, I never wanted it to get to this point. I had hoped that by its own course, by the way the media covers politics, people would open their eyes and see who Donald Trump really is. But that, unfortunately, has not happened. The polls and the early states indicate that he's been able to fool a significant number of people into believing that he is something that he's not. Donald Trump is a world-class con artist. He, he conned all these people that signed up for Trump University. Now he's trying to do the same thing to Republican voters. He's trying to convince them that somehow he's the guy that's going to stand up to illegal immigration, but he hires illegal immigrants. That he's fighting for American workers, but he's hiring foreign workers for his hotels. 
that he's going to bring back jobs from China and from Mexico. But in fact, he's creating jobs in Mexico because that's where all of his suits and ties that he sells are made. It's a con job. It's a scam. And we're, gonna, we're going to unveil it here. We're going to reveal it. And I believe the more people learn about that, the less support he's going to have in the weeks to come. Donald Trump is one in three states. You say the voters there were conned. What, is, what does that say about the voters in those states? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the media coverage as well. I mean, I'm not speaking about you in particular, John, but the media coverage for Donald Trump has been almost cheerleading over the last couple of weeks. And I'm convinced it's because Many in the press want him to be the nominee. One, I think they think it's going to be good for ratings. And two, because they know they have a lot of material to work with. If Donald Trump were to ever become the nominee, immediately the hounds of hell would descend on him. They're going to tear him apart. Everything he's ever done, from not releasing his taxes to all of his failed business dealings. And Hillary Clinton's going to have a clear shot to the Oval Office. And so I think there are many out there that are rooting for that outcome so that he's the nominee. And you can see it in the coverage he's gotten. I mean, this guy has not offered a single serious policy proposal, which is important if you want to be president of the United States. And um, again, the other night at the debate, he refused to outline a health care plan. I mean, and they just kind of moved on instead of pressing him on it. Uh, he, he gave a ridiculous answer on the national debt, and they moved on it with, without pressing him on it. No other candidate could have gotten away with that. So I think there's a weird bias here in the media rooting for Donald Trump because they know he's the easiest Republican to beat. While Marco was defending the future of the conservative movement and the Republican Party, Donald Trump was busy doing something else. Listen to this. I want to ask you about the Anti-Defamation League, which this week called on you to publicly condemn unequivocally the racism of former KKK Grand Wizard David Duke, who recently said that voting against you at this point would be treason to your heritage. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Did, did he endorse me or what's going on? Because, you know, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about. But the, I guess the question from the, from the Anti-Defamation League is, even if you don't know about their endorsement, there are these groups and individuals endorsing you. Would you just say unequivocally you condemn them and you don't want their support? Well, I have to look at the group. I mean, I don't know what group you're talking about. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I'd have to look. If you would send me a list of the groups, I will do research on them. And certainly I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong. The but you Ku may Klux have Klan? groups in there that are totally fine and it would be very unfair. So give me a list of the groups and I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him, and I just don't know anything about him. That's right. Three times, Trump was asked to disavow David Duke and the KKK, and he didn't. Marco did not hesitate to condemn Trump's comments at one of his rallies in Virginia. And by the way, let me ask this. Should the head of the conservative movement, should the Republican nominee be someone that today, like Donald Trump, refused, refused, to criticize the Ku Klux Klan. He was interviewed on CNN and asked to disavow the Ku Klux Klan. He refused to do it. He was asked to disavow and criticize David Duke. He said, I don't know who that is. He knows exactly who that is. He knows exactly who that is. He has not repudiated the robocalls supporting his campaign, telling people that don't vote for a Cuban. 
Now look, I don't get offended easily, but this is not just against me. They are trying to take over the conservative movement. There is no place in the conservative movement for David Duke, the Ku Klux Klan, or any sort of hatred or bigotry in America. Marco had four rallies in Virginia on Sunday, crisscrossing the state ahead of Super Tuesday. An astonishing 20,000 people showed up to see Marco across the state. The Audible went to one of those rallies to capture the excitement on the ground. In a small town in northern Virginia, a line of cars stretching for two miles on Sunday morning. People coming from hours away to Purcellville, Virginia, all to see one man. In this small town, more than 4,000 showed up on a Sunday morning to see Marco Rubio. Um, currently, we're scanning in people's tickets to go to the rally. So we have a lot of people heading in. There's a lot of cars here. It's been insane. I've never seen this many people here on campus, and they just keep coming in. And it's so exciting, honestly. As people filled the room, the excitement grew. We just can't wait to see him in person. Uh, and it, uh, we're uh, excited to see the, all the different, you know, the young people that are here. Uh, our age and it's everybody's here and it's great to see the cross-section all excited and it's just exciting being um, part of um, part of the campaign process of being able to see someone actually in person that we've been watching on TV for and, and rooting for for quite a while now the audible is here at the Marco Rubio rally in Purcellville, Virginia. That's just outside of Leesburg. And they are getting ready to vote on Super Tuesday in just a couple of days. This is a rally. It's getting started. You can hear it in the background. The crowd is very excited to hear from Marco. He's going to be coming out very shortly. Halfway through Marco's speech, the mic stopped working, but the crowd quickly stepped in to help. I told you they were biased. Somebody back up the front. Marco ended his speech on a strong note. I need your vote this Tuesday. And I need you to go out and get your friends to vote for me on Tuesday, because remember, friends, do not let friends vote for con artists. <laughs> and then I'm coming back in the fall, because we're going to win Virginia in the general election as well. and we will turn this country around and we will leave for our children what our parents left for us. The single greatest nation in the history of all mankind. Thank you, So how was seeing Marco up close? We caught up with people after the rally. It was great. He's an extremely motivational speaker. It's very, very, very good. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed hearing from a candidate personally as opposed to watching a debate on TV. I agree with that. Yeah, it was nice to be here and hear the vibe and everyone's all excited and everything. 
it was uh, inspiring. I like all his all his uh, his message on foreign policy and everything he's going to do for millennials and uh, the future generations. Trevor Smith is a first-time voter in Virginia. He says he's voting for Marco because he knows Marco cares about him. I felt it, it felt like a, like I was like a conversation almost like he could like he was really helping me. You know, I, get, I got a lot out of this uh, out of this rally. I don't I don't want to vote for anybody but Marco Rubio. To get to a rally near you, just head to marcorubio.com slash events. In other Virginia news, the state's largest paper, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, announced a rare endorsement for Marco. In an editorial, they said, quote, Except in extraordinary circumstances, the Times-Dispatch refrains from making endorsements in nominating contests if the general election in November will be competitive. But these qualify as extraordinary times, at least in the realm of presidential politics. They continued, if America is to step forward to regain its optimism, its strength, its gift for broadly growing prosperity, we must choose a leader who reflects those indispensable qualities. We believe that candidate is Marco Rubio. The alternative is a President Trump or, far more likely, another President Clinton. End quote. A high-profile endorsement also came on Sunday from Hobby Lobby founder and CEO David Green. On Monday, Marco hit four states in preparation of Super Tuesday. He started his day in Alcoa, Tennessee, where he did not back down in attacking Trump for his refusal to disavow the KKK and David Duke. It's called the con job, and we are not going to allow a con artist to take control of the party of Lincoln and Reagan. Well, he can't win either. That's the other big problem. He can't, he's unelectable now. He's un, he refused to criticize the Ku Klux Klan. He's now been given three interviews. Yesterday, to this morning on the Today Show, he blamed it on a bad earpiece that he couldn't hear the question. I don't care how bad the earpiece is, Ku Klux Klan comes through pretty clearly, and he refused to criticize it. How are we going to elect, how can someone like that be our nominee? How can the nominee of the Republican Party, of the party of Lincoln, the party of Reagan, the party of hope, and the party of optimism, nominate someone who refuses to criticize the Ku Klux Klan or distance himself from an avowed racist like David Duke? And we can't lose this election. The media, the media knows Donald Trump can't win. And that is why they are giving him a pass. As you probably noticed there, Marco's voice was growing a bit hoarse. So at his next stop in Atlanta, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley pitched in. So what I want to tell you is there's a lot of people who will be out there loud about Trump. But the one thing that I want you to remember, that I came from South Carolina to Georgia to tell you, is South Carolina went through a terrible tragedy last year. And the KKK came to South Carolina from out of state to protest on our state house grounds. We saw and looked at true hate in the eyes last year in Charleston. I will not stop until we fight a man that chooses not to disavow the KKK. That is not a part of our party. That's not who we want as president. We will not allow that in our country.
That is not who our Republican Party is. That's not who America is. Because when my parents came here, they came here because they knew there was love and acceptance in this country. And they knew that this country had opportunity for all. So, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you that when it was time for me to endorse, I wanted someone who had true leadership and courage to do everything we needed to do to self-correct America. I wanted someone with true passion that would fight till the bitter end, even if it meant losing his voice and showing up anyway. Marco's next stop was in Arkansas, where he responded to yet another Trump story. He doesn't tell you, by the way, that he gave an interview to the New York Times. He met with their editorial board, and apparently he told them what he really believes about immigration, which sounds like what he told them was different than what he's telling you, but it was off the record. So now the New York Times can't release the audio of that interview. Donald Trump can fix that today. Donald Trump should ask the New York Times to release the audio of his interview with them so that we can see exactly what it is he truly believes about this issue. He's made the cornerstone campaign. Marco went on the record with Greta Van Susteren to discuss the serious threat that Donald Trump poses. Senator, I admit that I'd laugh when I probably shouldn't have, but this is beginning to sound more like SNL than it is a presidential race. You say things like those tacky ties, man with small hands, spray face, con artist, spray tan. Um, that's a change in the tone of your campaign from earlier times, um, is it not? That's the first question. The second is, what do you say well, to your kids? Yeah, I mean, first, Donald... Well, first of all, Donald Trump has spent a year now insulting virtually everyone, including people that work at your network, virtually everyone. I mean, there's very few groups or individuals in America that he hasn't personally insulted. So every now and then someone like that needs a taste of their own medicine because that's called a, a bully. And he's using the pulpit of the presidency or of the presidential run to insult people. But that's not the core of our message. Ninety nine percent of what I speak about from the day I began this campaign are about serious ideas and serious issues. And I'm still doing that now on the issue of con artists that I won't stop saying Donald Trump uh, is indeed a con artist. He conned the students at Trump University. Even, for example, Greg, I don't know that he went off the record with the New York Times and he told them what he really believed about immigration, which apparently is not the same as what he's telling audiences. Donald Trump so, should give the New York Times permission to release the audio of that interview. So do you feel comfortable with the tone of it? Because it is a departure. I mean, I mean like, do you say to your kids you're just fighting back to a bully? Is that what you say? Yeah, no, what I say is we've tried to make this campaign about issues. I continue to make it about issues. I talk about issues all the time. Fortunately, no one ever covers issues these days very much. That's why Donald has gotten 10 times as much coverage as anybody else, because he's always insulting people and saying outrageous things. It, it's funny, you know, the media spends a lot of time covering those insults he's been laying out throughout the last year. I'm going to continue to talk about ideas. My website is full of ideas. I go to the debates and discuss specific ideas. Donald Trump does not have a specific idea about any policy before America, and yet somehow he's convinced a significant percentage of Republicans that he should be the next president. We're not going to let that happen. There is no way we're going to let a con artist get control of the Republican Party. Tuesday wasn't just any normal Tuesday. It was Super Tuesday. With hundreds of delegates up for grabs, the stakes were higher than ever. Marco spent the morning of Super Tuesday in Minnesota ahead of their caucus that night, and he had harsh words for Donald Trump's scam university. Last Thursday we had a debate. We'll have another one this Thursday. And before I watched that debate, before I went into that debate, I got an email from someone. And if it has a video or some attachment, I'm always very careful about opening it because you're afraid you know, it's a virus or something. But I clicked on this one, <clears throat> and it was a video for an institution named Trump University. 
it would be funny if it wasn't sad because it was a video of Donald Trump sitting in a chair saying how he was the great most famous businessman in the history of the world and how he was going to hire he was going to start this Trump University and we're going to hire the smartest people and the best people and you're going to get and I'm going to handpick them myself and you're going to come here and you're going to learn the things that you need to be successful you're going to be so successful you're going to be tired of being successful and by the way, if you don't become successful after taking my Trump University courses, then you're never going to be successful. <laughs> and that was targeted at people that were struggling. Because people that, nobody that was making millions of dollars would have signed up for that course. It was targeted at people that were struggling. We know who they are because now they contact us. They're retirees. They were single moms. They were young people trying to start a business. They were people that were hurting. And they specifically targeted them. And they targeted them to lure them into what was supposed to be a free seminar. And they told them, you have to pay thousands of dollars to take this course. Many of them used their credit cards to pay for it. And then they told them, by the way, if you want to make the big bucks, you've got to sign up for the $36,000 course. And they said, well, to do that, I'd have to go into more debt. And they were encouraged to go into more debt. They were told all great businesses have debt. And so a lot of people, they borrowed $36,000 from their credit card. That's right. And so the result is, see, people signed up for this course and they borrowed $36,000 by increasing the borrowing limit on their credit cards. Some graduated, some didn't, but in the end, the only thing you got was a piece of paper that was worthless and a picture with a cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. <laughs> now, this is sad and it's wrong. And by the way, he's under investigation for fraud in New York. Today, a judge in New York refused to throw out the case. In fact, a four-judge panel said, this case moves forward. So he's under investigation for fraud, but this is more than just about Trump University. That's a fraud case and it's outrageous. But here's what I realized as I watched that video. What he did to those people is what he's doing to Americans now. And despite what you may have heard in the media, Marco did exactly what he needed to do on Super Tuesday. First, he won Minnesota by a full eight points. We also have something that a lot of people have been waiting for, another projection right now. It's a big one for Marco Rubio. CNN projects that the Florida senator will win the Minnesota Republican caucuses. This is his first win in all of these contests so far. It's an important win for Marco Rubio. And second, he accrued a large amount of delegates. Marco ended his Super Tuesday in his hometown of Miami, Florida, where he addressed an energetic crowd. I think you've heard this before from someone else, but I want to say it. I love you, Miami! Thank you. It is great. It is great to be home. It is great to be home. We are so excited to be home and we are so excited about what lies ahead for America. We are so excited about what lies ahead for our campaign. You see, just five days ago, we began to unmask the true nature of the front runner so far in this race. Five days ago, we began to explain to the American people that Donald Trump is a con artist. And in just five days, we have seen the impact that is having all across the country. We are seeing in state after state, he loves to talk about polls. We are seeing in state after state, his numbers coming down, our numbers going up. 
And two weeks from tonight, right here in Florida, we are going to send a message loud and clear. We are going to send the message that the party of Lincoln and Reagan and the presidency of the United States will never be held by a con artist. Of all the places in America, and I have traveled this country now, and I am so proud to be back, because there is no place in America that understands the American dream better than this community and this great state of Florida. On Wednesday, Marco recapped Super Tuesday on Fox News. You began a campaign against Donald Trump that you know includes calling him a con artist, um, and there are some indications in some of the numbers that we saw last night that some of that may be sinking in with voters out there. I guess the first question is, why did it start just five days ago? Well, look, I had a hope that this would take its own course. I, I think, like many of us, I thought eventually Donald, uh, Donald Trump would be exposed by the media and others. Unfortunately, you know, I think he's gotten a real pass in the media over the last few months. Uh, you had CBS come out and say they love Donald Trump because he's good for ratings. But it's definitely having an impact. Look, 65% of the people who voted yesterday across Super Tuesday did not vote for Donald Trump. Um, he underperformed in virtually every state on the map. And by the way, let's not forget that last night was supposed to be Ted Cruz's big night. It was the night where he was going to sweep. These states were tailor-made for the kind of campaign he was running. We beat him in Georgia. We beat him in over half the states were on the map. We got our first win in Minnesota. We picked up what we believe will be over 100 delegates. It now has us in a significant count. Look, Florida's going to be huge, obviously. It's my home state, and we feel good about it. But if this was anybody else as a front-runner, there'd be people right now saying, let's all rally around the front-runner. That will never happen with Donald Trump. On the contrary, what you're hearing now is, how do we prevent the party of Reagan and Lincoln being taken over by someone who for days refused to condemn the Ku Klux Klan and someone who quite frankly is carrying out uh, the most elaborate con job we've ever seen in politics and as it's being exposed I think you're starting to see him run into headwinds look at what happened in Virginia later on Wednesday Marco held a pre-debate rally on the outskirts of Detroit Marco has a busy schedule for the rest of the week he will be in Detroit on Thursday for the Fox News Republican debate and on Friday he'll make stops in Kansas ahead of when they vote on Saturday We'll be sure to cover all the highlights from those stops and more on the next episode of The Audible. Don't forget to subscribe to The Audible on iTunes and leave a rating and a review so even more people can hear Marco's message. And we're now taking listener questions and comments. Just send us an email at podcast at marcorubio.com. For the latest campaign updates delivered straight to your inbox, subscribe to the daily kickoff email at marcorubio.com slash kickoff.